from the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School. This is Marketing Matters on Business Radio. Hello and welcome. You're listening to Marketing Matters here on Business Radio, Sirius XM 132. I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm the Patty and J.H. Baker Professor of Marketing, and I'm joined remotely via Zoom meeting by my co-host, Professor Americus Reed, the Whitney M. Young Jr. Professor of Marketing and the Brand Identity Theorist. Hello, Americus. Hi, Barbara. How are you doing today? I'm good. At Americus, we decided we're going to do a new show format today. We're going to introduce this new feature that we are calling the hit and miss of the week. And each of us are going to pick a hit and miss in terms of marketing news um, for the week and explain why we thought it and why we don't. Excellent. Um, And joining us for this new segment, we have our friend, Daphne Howland, who's a senior reporter for Retail Dive. Um, And she's also going to come up with her hit and miss, and then she'll help us discuss some of the big marketing news stories of the week. So let's start right in with this new- Hi, everybody. Hey, Daphne. Daphne. Hi. Okay. And let's start with Americus. What's your hit and miss? All right. So I'm excited about this, Barbara. This is a new format we're trying out first time on our show, Marketing Matters. And I think this is going to be exciting. So let me give you my hit. Okay. So you know I have uh, I have five tattoos, Barbara, and oh, I have God, one. Ta- I have one tattoo for every year I successfully completed grad school. And one of the things that I think about when I get a tattoo, when I got these tattoos, was when I was 26. Is you're in a different life space, and so there is a new company called Ephemeral, and what they are going to do is they're going to create a I've tattoo that. that only lasts for a year. And I think this is a massive hit because what this is, it's a lot of things that go on in the psychology of consumers, one of which is regret. And one of the things that I think about with my five tattoos, Barbara, is this idea that what am I going to look like when I'm 70? And that dragon is suddenly like a sloth that's just like, you know, dragging down my, 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 my baggy skin. So I love this idea because it's somewhere between, you know, the, the folks who get the tip tattoos aren't seen as real authentic. The folks who do the permanent ones might be crazy. So this might be an, this might be an actual kind of middle ground where we can mitigate regret where we can actually have something in the middle. And they were also talking about other use cases, Barbara. So for example, for certain medical conditions where you actually have to put markings on your body to be able to, to do certain things over time that you need to do for medical procedures, there's a bunch of additional use cases for this. So I think this is quite a big hit in, in terms of many of those issues. That uh, And I'm going to get one, Barbara. I'm going to get one. Oh, I'm going to get one that says Barbara rules and it's going, to, right. it's going to last for a full year. So that's my hit. So let me just make a comment on that. Um, I think that's a thumbs up. Definitely looks like you think it's a thumbs up also. Yeah, I, it sounds like the snapshot of tattoos. I think it's brilliant. And you know what I think if we're going to generalize from some of this stuff, um, you know, one of the things I used to tell with um, new marketing ideas is a, a, a formula for new ideas is to take something and then take something away. So when you present it, it's a new idea. And when you take it off, it's a new idea. And this adds to that new idea continuum by making it temporary, which I think is yes. a bigger idea than just tattoos. So I say that's a big hit. Excellent. What's your miss? Okay, um, so, my, so my, here's my miss, Barbara. My miss changed as of about 20 minutes ago because I just heard about this. 
uh, and I want to get your reaction to this because it, I'm not sure if it's a hit or a miss or a little bit of both, Barbara. And it's the idea that Krispy Kreme is doing a promotion where if you show up with your Moderna or your Pfizer vaccination card, you get a free donut for an entire year. The entire year of 2021, you get a free glazed donut if you can prove that you have had both doses of the vaccination. And why I think this is pretty cool is it's a hit in the sense that, you know, we're looking for ways to have these little nudges to get consumers to be pro-vaccination and everybody loves donuts and that's awesome. But when I thought about it, Barbara, it's kind of, it's kind of dissonant, right? Because I think about pre-existing conditions and I think about eating a free donut every single day for a year uh, and, <laughs> and how that may or may not be synchronous. But on the brand side, Daphne uh, and Barbara, it's kind of amazing because in some senses, it's kind of like the airline seat that's empty when it takes off. It's going to get not used anyway. So why not give it away uh, in the sense of that inventory is probably, you know, costless anyway. So it's probably free to actually do this in some senses for Krispy Kreme. But I just, I, I don't, I'm not sure. I want to get you guys point of view. Is this a hit or a miss? I'm still not sure. I don't know. I think it's a hit because anything that promotes vaccines and promotes brands is a double whammy hit. So I'm not sure you came up with a miss, but that, that's my forever positive, optimistic personality, Americus. How about you, Daphne? What do you think? Well, I, I've seen a lot of, of this has really taken Twitter by storm today. And I it, it might be a miss only because it seems to have engendered a whole lot of ingratitude. The response seems to be um, like a no thanks. It's a little bit puzzling, but... Um, yeah, it seems like a great, generous idea, and, and people are, are sort of lampooning it and, and, you know, I don't know, a little bit of ingratitude, I think. Interesting. Oh, well, interesting. so then Americus is right. It's a hit and a miss. <laughs> <laughs> so, Barbara, we're, we're excited. We're, we're, we want to know what's in that brain of yours. Please okay. tell us your hit and your miss. All right. So I have a hit and a miss. I'm sure one's a hit. I'm sure one's a miss. And then I have one I'm not sure. So my hit... I think, and I've seen a lot of play on this, Stephanie, you've probably seen a lot of this too, is I think the augmented reality on the Pizza Hut box to do the Pac-Man um, game is a real hit personally, and it's coupled with an advertising campaign with Craig Robinson from The Office, who's a big uh, star amongst people. And the whole idea is to try to recreate the experience of a Pizza Hut dining experience, but not get them inside the restaurant. And I think the idea of going retro with Pac-Man, tying yes. it to the advertisement, tying it to the office, getting people to use AR on their box and doing that whole deal. To me, that's mm. what I'm talking about with integrated marketing. Mm-hmm. It's advertising, it's distribution, packaging. It's, uh, and, and Pizza Hut's doing well through the pandemic, so it's just adding more fun to the whole experience. So I put that in as a big marketing hit. That's awesome. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Is it, This is Pizza Hut, Barbara? Yeah. That's awesome. I'm a big fan of Pizza Hut. I'm a big fan of Pac-Man. I'm a big fan of The Office. I, I, I'm lousy at tech, so you may be able to solve all, multiple problems for me. What are your thoughts, Daphne? Probably targeting you, America. Yeah, that's right. Targeting Daphne. That, that's one of those examples of a company just, you know, embracing technology, using it in a way that actually seems to be getting everybody somewhere. Very, very cool. Yeah, so I think to me, and I've been, I actually just taught my uh, visual marketing class today, and um, the subject was packaging. And I was talking about 
all the new kinds of things in packaging, packaging. And this idea of tying tech with packaging and making it much more experiential, I think that's a huge idea. And I'm yay, 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 big hit. So now let me tell you my hit, my miss. And I, I mean my, which I'm not sure. And I'm super interested in what America's thinks about this because I know America's talked about this ad. So, well, not this ad, but a similar ad, which is just this week, Intel announced that they're using Justin Long to have him come on in a, a set of ads and start, as you know, Justin Long was the one who did the famous campaign with Alma Mac. He came in and said, Alma Mac. And then um, what was the name of the guy who was the, um, uh, the, the, the PC? John Hodgman. John yes. Hodgman. So those yeah. are the famous campaigns, Alma Mac and Alma PC and the PC's nerdy. Well, what's happened is Intel, Apple has announced they're not going to use Intel chips anymore in their Apple Macs. So Intel hired Justin Long to come on and do a set of commercials. And he starts out just like he does in the Apple commercial, but he goes, um, Justin. And then he kind of turns the ad around and, and he poo-poos the Apple and he promotes the PC with the Intel. Now, the reason I'm not sure if this is a hit or a miss is because it could be heavy duty confusion. Yes. Um, and I think that it's it's an iconic ad, and I know America's has talked about this regard with regard to his identity marketing and those kinds of things. I'm pretty sure you've used this as an example. So, Mr. Identity Genius, what <laughs> happens when you take someone who's well known for the Mac, he switches yeah. identity, and that's the point of the ad. I'm that's, not sure if that's a hit or a miss. That's a great, that's a great example. I love that example, Barbara. And I and I want to get Daphne's point on of view of, on this as well. I'm not sure. We do have a use case because I know that I believe if I'm not mistaken, maybe this is like random neurons are firing, but I believe that the Verizon guy switched to Sprint. The guy that used right. to say all the time, you know, can you hear me? Can you hear me? I, I yeah. believe he's, is that correct? Okay, so this is true. Yeah. So we can actually look at Barbara's point to see, does this create confusion or does it create a kind of, oh, that's interesting. And now we're going to take a look at all of Justin's uh, popularity and favorability and somehow transfer that over to uh to intel that's a real interesting example i got to now include that barbara uh in my class material so thanks for that what are your thoughts on this daphne so this seems to be um a a, an ad campaign that probably has a lot of affection um but this is something that you guys would be able to tell me is it a little bit too long ago for it to resonate Uh, with with more than a few people interesting that would be my only question Interesting. Yeah, who can tell? It's the curse of knowledge. America's and I have known it forever. But yeah, that's, yeah. A, that's a great point. These people are born. That's a that's a great point. But it would be interesting to Daphne's point, Barbara, to see like if that's something there that that's a concern. How would you make that bridge? So maybe you show somehow you sort of you know it's kind of like how the kids get reintroduced every now and again to the old stuff uh, vis-a-vis some, you know, some sort of serendipitous thing that happens. Uh, I, I know recently that Fleetwood Mac suddenly got reintroduced to, to everybody through ocean spray yeah. just because of that viral video yeah, by the, <laughs> right? By the, the, the gentleman on the skateboard. So maybe they need something like that to kind of like spark the trigger, like Barbara's saying, and then lean in on uh, this kind of new, you know, I don't know. 
But the problem with that idea is if they lean in on the old commercial, they're definitely going to make it even more confusing. Yeah, that's true, too. The only way I can show you he's switching sides is to get you to realize what a brilliant the commercial was in the first place. (laughs) I think you're in trouble. Yes, that's a (laughs) good point. That's why you kind of go down a rabbit hole on this one. I'm just not sure. We can measure. We can actually determine whether or not it's been successful. But it's pretty hard, in my opinion, to forecast. Let me just tell you my mess, because I think this one's pretty clear. There was a new product that was opened up by a digitally native vertical brand called Staff. And what it is, which everybody, they decided everybody in the pandemic needs it, is a new plunger. And the example, the, the critical attribute that's of this new plunger is it's going to have a colorful handle instead of the handle of the old one. And I'm thinking, you know what? Not clear to me that that's what was missing from my life. <laughs> so I put that as a mess. What that's do you funny. think? Yeah, that's great, Barbara. I love that. I mean, I, maybe the theory and get your uh, point of view on this as well, Daphne. I guess the theory is, well, we're in our homes where we, we have to sort of create some kind of variety seeking. Uh, and <laughs> I don't, I don't, but I don't know if variety seeking works with plunger handles. Maybe it does or doesn't. But yeah, I'm, I'm not, I can't say that I'm feeling that one, Barbara. What, what do you think, Daphne? <laughs> I don't know. Um, for me, it's the a plunger's the kind of thing where the the problem is mostly how to store it so that it's handy, but I don't need to see it. So I don't know if drawing attention to it actually <laughs> leapfrogs over that problem and makes it a good thing or interesting. You know, yeah. Love it. No, but if you're dying for a plunger, the name of the company is Staff. That's you know, they also make hangers. <laughs> this is great. Barbara, we, we, we've got to do this paper for JCR <laughs> where we manipulate the, the color of the plunger handle and see what happens. This is great. All right. So, Daphne, this is our new game. What's your hit and miss? Um, I, my hit is easy. I have to say Walmart tapped um, luxury fashion designer Brandon Maxwell for their private label apparel. Um, This is brilliant for, people probably might know him from being a judge on Project Runway. Um, And it's a little bit of an unexpected move from Walmart. They, it's the kind of thing that Target has sort of nailed for years and and you know, Walmart has been trying really hard in various ways to to sort of up their apparel game. And this, to me, he it's not a limited partnership with him. I don't think he's exactly on staff, but he's going to be working with the Walmart labels themselves. It's yeah. I want, I want I'm bursting at the seams to talk about this because I happen to know a lot about this because. The head of fashion at Walmart is Denise Incandela, who's a Wharton MBA. Um, so we know her. She used to be at Saks Fifth Avenue. Then she went to Ralph. Then she went to be in charge of the fashion at Walmart. And you're right. Walmart is trying to do fashion through private label and through these partnerships. Under their old model, when they were under Jet.com, they were buying all these digitally native vertical brands, as you know. They were buying Jet Black, and they were buying all these things. And a lot of those partnerships didn't work out. They've since gotten rid of them. So they're now going down this path of store label or relationships to do fashion. And I've been watching the numbers on that. I'm particularly interested in it because I know Denise Incandela, and she's knocking it out of the park. 
it's actually working. So I agree with you that this is very interesting for Walmart to be a big player in the fashion and to come up with the secret sauce. Mm -hmm. And as you're pointing out, maybe the right way for Walmart to do it is the target way, Mm -hmm. which is kind of lean into it, you know, Mm -hmm. instead Mm -hmm. of doing it another way. So I think that's a real hit. And it's very interesting to watch what Walmart's doing. I agree with you. Yeah, for apparel, I don't remember exactly. I I know that Target has been, has just, I don't know, maybe five or six years ago by now, they they have this whole system of developing private brands. And it's not just for apparel, it's for their home stuff. And even I think some of their consumer products where they talk to people, they have focus groups. It's this very intricate process. I'm sure you guys probably know about it. Um, so, so it remains to be seen, you know, how Walmart goes about it and, you know, what kind of depth there is, but certainly their private stuff, I think has been noticeably, um, energized and, and then, well, Brandon Maxwell, just the fact that he would want to play with them, I think is a good sign for them. Nice. Yeah, a very good sign. And what's wow, your but- myth? No, I was just going to say, is it, what, what, are, what are thoughts about, because, wow, when you guys say fashion in, in Walmart, I mean, my brain kind of just explodes. I mean, That's I mean, why it's so interesting that Denise has been doing so well with it. That's, uh-huh. that's exactly why, because it's a very big disconnect. Uh-huh. Um, and all their things in the past, to your point, haven't really worked out that well. Uh-huh. Even when they've done separate brands like Jet, Dot Bl- Jet Black and all of that, which was keeping the brand separate because of the Walmart effect that you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But that is why the fact that Denise and Candela is doing a good job in this. And I think part of it, if you just think psychologically through the pandemic, you've kind of logged on to a platform and you're just getting used to buying everything through that platform. Your platform's Walmart or your platform's Target or your platform's Hmm. Amazon. They've become the everything store. And now you kind of have permission to buy fashion from that everything store also. I think it's kind of like a silver lining of the pandemic that you're getting permission for that. Mm -hmm. And she's just like, with her great Wharton training, of course. (laughs) Of course, of course. Interesting. Super interesting. What's your, what's your miss, Daphne? So I would say my miss, um, I did a story recently, um, basically because I was standing in line at a drugstore and uh, kind of looking around me and realized, so I was sort of thinking, what's familiar about this? And I realized just the area around the checkout reminded me so much of a convenience store. Like if you pop in after you got, get gas to get a pack of gum or something and um it got kind of got me it, you know it took me down this path of exploring just sort of the missed opportunities in a lot of drugstores in the united states because if you think about drugstores abroad a lot of times they're um kind of clean and very oriented toward beauty and wellness and it's kind of funny to me that these um drugstores here, which are really spending millions and billions to sort of increase their medical services and really get into that healthcare game, are, are sort of, um, well, CVS doesn't sell cigarettes, but otherwise the others sell cigarettes and tobacco and junk food and beer. It just has this whole convenience store vibe. So um, I would call that a miss. 
That's interesting because like you are pointing out, CVS decided not to do that, right? So it's not just confusion, what you're talking about. It's like, what is this? Where am I? Is this a health store? Is this a gas station? You know, like right. that kind of. But CVS also thought it was sending mixed signals. Um, mm -hmm. Because you're sent a lot of those impulse items and things you're talking about are not healthy. And so they took a close to a $2 billion hit when they first announced it to get rid of that because that's huge business. You can right. imagine for many reasons why it's huge business, mm -hmm. uh, brings people into the store, etc. And they decided we're going to commit to a mission and we're going to commit to an image. And they've been doing super well. They've mm -hmm. really been doing very well. So. Yeah. I love the idea, though, like, you know, the notion of what CVS was trying to do there, Daphne and Barbara, was really try to get the word pharmacy out of your head and start thinking, making you think of it as a different place, right? Not a place to go to fix sickness, but a place to go to try to proactively be healthy. So doing that, and then we're going to call ourselves CVS Health, and this whole right. thing, it's like repositioning the whole brand, the whole retail experience, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Nice. So I agree. Mixed messages, not staying on target, not yeah. knowing who you are. Marketing 101, miss. <laughs> so let me just reintroduce you. And then let's talk about one story, which I think was a very interesting story. So I'm going to lead into it. But I'm Barbara Kahn. I'm here with my co-host, Americus Reed. This is Marketing Matters. We just got through discussing our newest feature, the hit and miss of the week. And we all seem to agree with each other, which is maybe not always going to happen. Um, and today we're talking with Daphne Howland, who's a senior reporter for Retail Dive. She's given us her hit and miss and her rules on our hit and miss. But she's also full-time a reporter, and she reports on very interesting stories in Retail Dive. And one of the ones she wrote just recently is about... Who's the department store? Everybody's been talking about how is what's the future of malls? What's the future of Macy's? What's the future of the department store? And Daphne put out an article that says, hmm, maybe we're not seeing where the future of the department store is. Do you want to give us some insight on that story, Daphne? Yeah, well, you know, the, the thing about department stores is they used to sell a huge variety of merchandise that's why they were called department stores because they had a wine department and a clothing department and a beauty department and electronics department and furniture and all these different departments and they did a pretty good job kind of pivoting from when you know being these downtown emporiums to when malls came along they were the anchors for malls and they were still department stores but as the malls got better kind of bigger and more more of them and as um, we had big box stores and stuff they had a lot of competition for all those departments and, you know, a lot of department stores got rid of a bunch of departments. They're not really department stores anymore. They got rid of their electronics and some, you know, their mattress stores and all this stuff. And um, pretty much most department stores I would say now are probably more or less apparel stores with a few of the things thrown in. And I think, the other thing that's been sort of missing from department stores is, um, you know, the kind of really good customer service that you hear about and that you see in, in, a, in a show like The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel and stuff like that. And I've just been noticing that at Target, you walk around Target and you're getting some of these, you know, carved out areas with interesting merchandising it's not the old mass merchant aisles and aisles and aisles of product it's kind of chopped up and some of some of the areas of target you actually are really drawn to you know 
when I go there with my kids, I, I'll, I'll always say, and now I just want to walk through my favorite part, which is this houseware sort of area in the middle of the store that they've set up. And um, one of the reasons I got the idea is because I was in a Macy's trying to find wine glasses. We had just, you know, broken enough to be a tipping point where we needed to get a refresh. And it was um, just a jumble and and a little bit sad almost like a wine glass kind of knocked over not very well um displayed and i i thought to myself you know i could probably get something good enough at target and it won't be quite this depressing and um which kind of speaks to i think the fact that target is still a mass merchant in that the the wine glasses at target are going to be more affordable than even at macy's um, and certainly then at a more luxury place, but, um, but just the, the physicality of the target stores ha is just more interesting merchandising approach. And so I talked to a couple guys that know about that. And, um, it, it sounded like both the merchandising, the physical merchandising of the stores and even the, the sort of variety and, and sort of in-store marketing recalls the way department stores attracted customers in a way they really don't anymore. Yes, but let me say, because again, I'm teaching this visual, you're just like tapping into my whole course. I'm teaching yeah. visual marketing and Target is a master at visual marketing. So, and a lot of it is automatic. You don't necessarily even see it, but even like the way the lighting is, the lighting directs you from one department to another, the categories kind of loop in naturally from one category to the next category. Um, and, 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 tar and if you want help, you want to find the salespeople, they're really easy to see because they're all wearing red shirts, yep. you know, and the way the, the categories are lined up, the Starbucks at the start, the dollar bin when you leave, you know, the seasonal stuff in the back of the store, all of it is designed in a way to make shopping a, a real pleasure. And the idea that this is the redefined department store I think it's a very interesting concept. I still think of it as Target, but you're right. It's kind of taking the place of a redesigned department store. What do you think, Americus? Yeah, I think I think that's super interesting. I mean, I guess the, the newer consumers, Daphne, they're going to, they're going to, they're not going to remember this, the, the good old days, as right. old folks like to say, uh, but they're going to want something new that's going to be some interesting integration, as Barbara's saying, is what you're also saying, Daphne, of combinations of new and old that create for them what they're going to eventually become quite nostalgic about probably, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Right. Very interesting. Well, Daphne, thank you so much for joining us today. And where can our listeners go to keep up with you and your great writing? We love your stories. Well, so um, everyone should go to Retail Dive, retaildive.com. Um, you can sign up for our newsletter. It comes in your inbox every morning. Um, we do daily news and, you know, do really dig our teeth into some nice in-depth features. And we have a podcast too. So Retail Dive. Okay. Well, thank very, you very, very much. Cool. We hope you come back and visit our Absolutely. show. Yes. We're going to take a short break. Thanks, guys. When we're back, we're going to talk about marketing at Toyota. This is Marketing Matters Business Radio, Sirius XM 132.